Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 133, 2017 Turkey Hunting Season Recap and Lessons Learned. And I am your host and the guy who is on location from Arizona chasing turkeys. So the intro and the outro are going to be very quick today because of two reasons. Number one, I just mentioned that I'm on location in Arizona and we are turkey hunting and so we're about to get back out after them. Reason number two is I have a long episode for you today. So we're going to jump right into it right now and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, I am on the phone today with the Turkey Hunter Podcast intern, Cameron Weddington. Cameron, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. Good deal. So I know where you are because if you're not at home studying right now because you have finals coming up, I have a feeling that your mother will probably track you down and you're not too big to get the stew whipped out of you by her. So even though I know where you are, tell everybody where you are and what you're doing right now. Well, I'm at home, in my, at my college home in Birmingham, Alabama, and woke up a few hours ago tending to my dog currently, and later in the morning here, I'm going to definitely start studying for my finals next week so that I hopefully can graduate next Friday. And my parents will definitely want me to graduate on Friday. (laughs) Yes, indeed. I would imagine they do. So I've got to tell this story just because it's too funny. Some of you may know that Cameron not only interns for me for the Turkey Hunter podcast, but Cameron did an internship for me for the mortgage company this spring. So in order to pass the internship, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cameron, but it's a pass or fail Yes, it's a pass-fail class. Yeah, and he had to pass to graduate, so we're not real sure if he has (laughs) passed the internship yet or not, but we we think that he's probably going to pass that class. So in order to pass the class, he had to write a paper and present it to his class about what he did and what he learned during his internship, and that presentation was yesterday, is that right? Yep, had the presentation yesterday, wrote a paper and turned it in yesterday, did all the fun things. Fantastic. So another part of the requirement in order to pass that class was for the 
person that you reported to during your internship to write a letter for you as well. That person that had to write the letter is me. Which is a scary thought. I'm glad that you have the respect for me that you should. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that you know me like you should now after all this time. So (laughs) you guys know that I like to pull a prank every now and again. So I wrote a letter for Cameron. actually wrote a letter about Cameron to give to the person who is the administrator over the internship program at Samford University in Birmingham. And I don't have the letter in front of me, but in the letter, I was required to list out what Cameron did during his internship at the mortgage company. And some of Cameron's job duties at the mortgage company included (laughs) running a trap line for raccoons, dispatching raccoons and possums, interviewing turkey hunting pros at the local sporting goods (laughs) store (laughs) when they had their turkey day. What else is on the list, Cameron? Oh, Scouting for wild turkeys via Google Earth. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a that was a very good one, and and you excelled at that, by the way. <laughs> I got I got plenty of tens dropped throughout my mortgage experience. You also did some scouting for a turkey hunting trip in North Carolina. Yes, yes. Went on a went on a corporate trip to North Carolina to hunt turkeys. Yeah, it was a field trip. It was a learning a learning <laughs> trip, was what it was, and it really was a learning trip. And we need, to, we need to talk about that trip worth. a little bit as well, so we'll touch on that in just a minute. But that is pretty much along the lines of what I put in Cameron's mortgage internship letter to give to the administrator over the program. Yeah, yeah. the, the dispatching raccoons would have really, that would have solidified my past for sure, in my opinion. You got to be pretty proficient at it. <laughs> I killed a raccoon. If I didn't learn anything else, I know how to kill them now. Yeah, you're much more proficient with a two by four and a raccoon than I am with a pellet gun and a raccoon. <laughs> and we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah, that's, that's a good. Uh, they can interpret that any way that they want to. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, um, we're going to move off of that subject. But it was awfully fun giving Cameron that letter yesterday for him to give to the administrator of the internship program. And of course, he knew that that he was not going to give her that letter and that that was not going to be the one that was submitted by me. So I wrote him a nice, very complimentary letter. And he actually has not seen that because I don't want him thinking that he's done such a great job that he can just slack off (laughs) going forward. But I have a feeling he's going to get a capital P in that class. So, yeah, I I hope so. If not, I'll be very upset. And I really don't want to have to come back and pay to go to school next year to take an internship class again. Yeah. For what? One hour credit? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So sorry, mom and dad, I couldn't graduate because (laughs) I lacked one hour of credit because Andy failed me in my internship. Yeah, that probably, probably you might be getting a phone call. It probably won't be a very nice one. I don't think it'd be just a phone call. It, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they showed up knocking on my door one one morning. So yeah. yeah, that wouldn't go over very well. But like I said, that is not why we're talking today. We're talking today to do a little recap of our 2017 spring turkey hunting seasons, and so. I'm going to let you go first, and I want you to kind of summarize your season. Give me 
the Cliff's Note version of your season, and let's say do it in four sentences. Okay. It started out with a bang, went really dry until Tennessee season opened up. Tennessee was great. I'll never hunt in Alabama again. <laughs> <laughs> that was four sentences. That's pretty strong. <laughs> That's my four sentences that I choose. Oh, gosh. All right. So I guess I've got to play by the same rules and give four yeah. sentences to yeah, summarize my season. I put you on the spot, and I was not prepared to give my four sentences. So here we go. Started out with a bang. Heard a lot of gobbling, was very frustrated, and ended the season with mixed emotions. All right. Okay. So those are my four sentences, and I've got a PS to add. I've got one more week of hunting. So technically, my season's not over. It could go yeah. out with a bang, or it could finish very much like it finished in Alabama. So most everybody, if they've listened to the show regularly, they know about my season and the frustrations that I've had this season. But I want to—I want you to, I guess, go into a little bit more detail about your season. So Alabama's season comes in how much earlier than Tennessee? It came in on March 15th, and Tennessee season opens on April 1st. So okay. I was able to hunt for two and a half weeks, I think, before. Yeah. 16, 17 days, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. And in Alabama, we're allowed five birds, and I know what the limit is in Tennessee, but what is the limit? Four. Okay. Now, for those of you who don't know Cameron all that well, he is from West Tennessee. Yeah. And so he has family there, and he goes home to Tennessee on the weekends to hunt there, and of course, when their season is in. And... How many different properties do you have access to in Tennessee? Three different three different blocks, and we just got a new one for next season that we're really excited about that my brother went down to and heard three different birds on. So we got th- next season out of four, and this year I have, I have three pretty good-sized blocks of land I could hunt on. Okay, and so when you say pretty good size, what are one's you? Four, one's 400 acres, one's 800 acres, and then the other one's a combination of three properties that I have permission from all three landowners to hunt, and it's probably another 300 acres. Okay, all right. So Alabama starts off, and actually Alabama started during your spring break week. Yep, I had to miss the first three days of Alabama season. But when you got back to Alabama from spring break, you did pretty good your first day out, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I got back and everybody thought I was crazy after spring break, waking up the next morning at 4 a.m. to go turkey hunting. And Some went people out there just and, don't get it. Yeah, they don't understand I've been waiting for 365 days <laughs> to do this. <laughs> and uh, got out there and killed one my first morning hunting in Alabama this season after hunting all year last year and coming home with one Jake that just so happened to run across in front of me accidentally last year. So this year, killed a long beard my very first day out. Very nice. And if I'm not mistaken, it was raining that day. Is that correct? Yeah, it was raining. It was terrible weather. <laughs> and I knew that that was the only agricultural field around, the cut corn field. And I knew that that was the only field that was within any, I mean, miles of the area I was in. And so I just sat there with a Jake and a hen decoy up, heard one gobble two or three times on the roost. Heard a ton of hens with him and just sat there and waited till 11 o'clock. And they, they came out in that field at 11 and I killed him. 
Very he had nice. 25 hens with him by himself. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Man, that's... I wonder how long it takes to breed 25 hens to get to where that bird would be truly callable. Oh, he probably would still have... I mean, he, he, didn't, he obviously doesn't have hens anymore because his birds are hanging up in my room, but <laughs> he, uh, he would probably still have a couple hens, I would think. There had to be a couple jennies in that group that probably wouldn't be able to build a good nest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so that was your first day out. That that gave you roughly because and and I forgot about spring break. So you didn't actually have sixteen or seventeen days in Alabama of hunting before you started up in Tennessee. Yeah, you I, had more like two weeks. Yeah, I probably hunted. I'd say eleven to twelve days actually hunted. I probably had to. I think I had to take one or two off because I test the next day. But I probably hunted eleven to twelve days before Tennessee started. Yeah. All right. So in Tennessee, well, what what happened over the next couple of weeks that you hunted in Alabama? Well, my goal, that turkey I killed was on the only piece of private property I had permission to hunt in Alabama. And it's the, that was the only gobbler I heard there. And I'm pretty sure that was the only gobbler around there, judging by he had all the hens with him and stuff. And so my goal for the season, one of them was kill a turkey on Alabama public land, which I wish I would not have made that a goal of mine at this point, <laughs> looking back. But <laughs> so I set out to do that and went, I mean, just walking miles upon miles every day chasing turkeys on Alabama public land until Tennessee opened. And I heard turkeys, saw turkey sign. Everything would, every turkey I heard would gobble two to three times on the roost, fly down, nothing, never responded to any calling. I, I did not have a single turkey respond to hen calling. And that was, that's how it went for every day I went until Tennessee opened up. And then I was very happy and excited to be able to jump in the truck and drive away from Alabama for a little while. Yeah. When you got to Tennessee, the turkey gods were smiling on you, weren't they? <laughs> I know Tennessee a little better. I have private land I can hunt, which is a, a huge help. And every, and turkeys, there, those are actual just eastern turkeys, whereas Alabama has the greater wild eastern turkey, in my opinion. <laughs> I think they should be called the greater. And so they were normal turkeys up there. So that was nice. Okay, so how many turkeys did you kill in Tennessee this season? I tagged out, killed four. Nice. uh, That was in literally like, I maybe hunted seven days in Tennessee this season. Yeah. I mean, and I I called up uh, one of those. I got to double with my brother, and then another one, my brother shot it. So I actually got to see six turkeys die in Tennessee over those days. Very nice. Uh, And, I mean... I'm not an incredible turkey hunter or anything, but that was the best turkey season I've had in Tennessee in a long time. It was almost sad that it ended so fast. Yeah. Because it's still going on. I'm actually going back to Tennessee for Saturday morning. I'm leaving tonight, going to hunt in the morning and come right back. I'm hunting with a guy in Franklin, Tennessee in the morning, and I'm going to try to call him up a bird. He's about to move to Washington, D.C., so we won't be turkey hunting together very much anymore after this this experience so hopefully i can get him a turkey in yeah very cool yeah well well how about you 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 just hunted alabama so uh, yeah pretty much and you know that was actually one of my goals for the year and i i really i'm still trying to figure out where the season went to be quite honest with you i i planned on going to georgia and maybe trying to tackle mississippi as well even if it were just for a few days. 
And I actually went to neither of those states. And then you and I took a quick road trip to North Carolina, which was really kind of spur of the moment. I'd been planning it for about a week, but it was a spur of the moment decision to go, even though it was, you know, a few days out before we actually went. But so I didn't get to Georgia and Mississippi like I wanted to. And what I'm going to do this year, and I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, what I'm going to do this year is actually join a hunting club in both Georgia and in Mississippi because I don't have either of those states marked off of my list for my grand or super slam. So yep. I'm going to join hunting clubs in those states and I can be at either, depending on where exactly the hunting club is, I can be across the state line in either of those states in a little under two hours. And so it takes me nothing for a weekend trip. Yeah, exactly. It takes me two hours to get to my hunting camp from my front door. So, you know, that's really not much different than I would be doing just to go to my hunting camp. And for me this year, right before hunting season, deer season started this past year, we lost, our hunting club lost about 700 to 800 acres of property. And that seven to 800 acres is where I'd killed over the past three years, probably 80% of the turkeys that I killed off the place had come from that, those two pieces of property that combined to be seven or 800 acres. So right off the bat, I knew going into turkey season, it was going to be a little bit of a challenge down there at the hunting camp. And the new property that we'd picked up there was about 700 acres. So I thought we were going into the hunting deer season and turkey season with about, oh, all totaled about 1,600 acres in that area. Then we have another 300 acres that's about an hour north of there. And we ended up not having the best seven or 800 acres. The seven, 800 acres that we had left is primarily cut over. That's about four years old. Yes. And the, even the creek bottom that runs through that property had been select cut. And so it's thick. Yeah. (laughs) Now I ended up killing one bird on the hunting club property and that was the day after opening day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, was, I got a nice smiling selfie while I was on my cruise. Yeah. Making me wish I was back home. Yeah, well, I'd hope to send you about three of those, but... You know, <laughs> All five already. You know, yeah, that'd have been sweet. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, one works. I was happy sending you one. It was a great hunt and a lot of fun. It was a mid-morning hunt and, you know, he actually gobbled. But come to find out, the <laughs> wow. gobbling... Yeah, the gobbling part was not what made that hunt great is just that I had a male wild turkey on my hunting properties. That's what made that hunt great and unique because I ended up through the season without gobbling wild turkeys on my hunting properties. And that's where my frustration really, uh, I guess, I, I mean, began, but also ended when the season ended. There were still basically no birds where I'd been in areas where I'd been killing birds before. So, That was, I had a good first week, killed two turkeys, then I hit a long dry spell, and then my last week, missed a turkey. And then you and I went to North Carolina, I came back and (laughs) hunted my last morning, 
spooked a bird walking into the area that I hunted and never saw anything else again. And I think it's a great way to end it all. It was a perfect way to end the Alabama season for sure. And I, I tell you how bad it had gotten, and I don't think I told you this, Cameron, but you do know that I have a peacock that comes through my property in Chilton County, but yeah. he just lives there. I mean, he, he just is in that area and he passes through every so often. I get some, I get him on the game camera pictures and I see him driving down the road every so often. He'll be out in the road and I heard him Sunday morning, the last morning of season. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Peacock picked the wrong time to be making noise. <laughs> and of course, I don't really know how to make a peahen sound, and I don't have a peahen call, but I do know that they have them on YouTube. So I played a peahen sound, thinking that maybe I could get the peacock to come in. And then at that point, it would be just a matter of do I or don't I? But I thought well, I'd at least give myself a, a decision. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Joker's got <laughs> at least, at least two inch spurs. Yeah, you just send the selfie with the spurs this time and don't show the, the fan or anything on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the peacock, for his good fortune, never showed up again. <laughs> I'm not sure that I would have squeezed the trigger, but it it was at least fun to kind of play around to see if I could even call the thing in. But I've yeah. got some got some work to do on my peacock calling, and I don't yeah. know. That'll be a goal for the off season. Learn to be a peahen. Yeah, and I think they they strut and they're they mate around here. At least I saw him strutting last year in early June. So I've got a huh. little over a month to work on my peahen calls to see if I can call him in. And I think it'd be really cool to be able to call him in and and just run the video camera on him. If I get him strutting in, that'd be awesome. <laughs> That would definitely be pretty interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm way off subject. Now we're talking about peacocks, and it's and this is a turkey hunting podcast. So, all right. You mentioned that one of your goals for the year was to kill a bird on public land in Alabama, and that you wish that yep. you'd never had that, that you'd never made that a goal. But yeah, that, it wasn't all frustration for you on public land. You did have some successes. Tell us about yeah. that. Well, I... I mean, first off, finding them on public land is hard enough. And I'm I'm sure we'll have listeners that, if, you know, it's easy as pie for them to go to Alabama and kill them on public land all the time. But sure. For me, I, I mean, it took me forever scouting. We talked about my scouting woes earlier on the podcast. And yeah. I was struggling to find them. And so I finally found the turkeys. And the things just, they just don't gobble. I mean, they just did not gobble this year. And I, I think that was on private land and public land this year in Alabama. But they, I would be on them, and I knew there were turkeys in the area I was in, and they would just they gobble maybe one time, maybe twice, and that was it. And then I found one turkey that liked to gobble pretty good and spent roughly half of my season trying to kill this, this same turkey that he, he literally just infuriated me on a daily basis and destroyed me inside just he just he he won he just he finally just won and what I was gave he up. doing to you i mean what was he doing one thing he would he would gobble twice on the roost and i'd start moving over there towards him and he instead of roosting up on top of a ridge like all the other turkeys i had hunted he would be the turkey that would roost down in the bottom and so you top out on the ridge and then he goes flying off because he's actually half the distance you think he is and then he would get in the he would get in the strut zone or get out in the middle of a 
big open cutover or something, and he would not move. I mean, he just would not move. Mm-hmm. And the one the one day I thought I was going to kill him, it was 1030. I was giving up because I couldn't get him to gobble at anything. And I called one last time, and he cut me off, and he was about 70 yards away. And I so I just stood there by the tree with my gun up and waited for two hours, and the turkey never showed up. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that was when I thought I was going to get him. When he cut me off at 1030, I thought, all right, here's my best chance, you know. And he just, he still didn't do it. And then, so I, I finally gave up on him and went and found me another turkey. That that one actually worked out great. I found him at about nine uh yeah, it was nine o'clock one one morning, and he gobbled until twelve o'clock. I had to leave and go to class, and he gobbled for three hours from nine to twelve while I was sitting there, and he did not leave this ridge. So the mm-hmm. next morning, you'll never guess where I was. I was up on the ridge. What? And Why would you yeah, go there? I I don't know. I just thought, you know, hey, maybe he likes it up there or something. If he stood there for three hours and gobbled. <laughs> I went and got up on that ridge and he gobbled and he was about 800 yards off. And I was like, I don't care. I'm sitting here because I, I, I know you like this spot. And so throughout the morning, he would gobble once every two hours, probably, I mean, or an hour and a half, maybe. And I could kind of tell he was moving off to my left a little bit, but getting closer the whole time. And about, I think it was about 8.30, 9 o'clock, he gobbled at about 400 yards on his own. And I swapped calls from, I was using the slate call, and I swapped to my mouth call, and I, I hit that, and about the third yelp, he cut me off from about 400 yards. And I was like, all right, there we go. He knows I'm here, and I'm in his strut zone, so... Maybe he'll come up here. So I waited about, actually timed it, 15 minutes and called again. And he cut me off. He was 100 yards away. So he was coming quick. And so I got my, you know, I have my gun pointing right where I last heard him gobble, which is what I've always done with turkeys. And I'm texting a guy who's a biologist at the WMA that I was hunting. And he said, he's probably going to come in behind you. They come in behind you this place. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm not going to not point my gun where the turkey last gobbled. Exactly, you know? yeah. I wouldn't have done it <laughs> No, I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, right. He's this guy knows he's going to come in behind me. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting, and I call and nothing. And I was like, man, that turkey ought to be, he ought to be, he's within gun range. I could just feel it, you know what I mean? I could just feel that he, yeah. he was within gun range somewhere. And about that time, literally the closest I've ever heard that sound in my life, I just hear it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I cut my eyes to the right, and this, this gobbler literally is five steps from me, walking in from behind me. <laughs> and, and he peeks his head around the tree next to me, and we had a moment where we just looked each other in the eyes, and I think he saw me blink or something, because, I mean, he was seriously that close. Like, I was, I was trying not to blink. And he, he looked me in the eyes and realized the predator-prey relationship and decided he did not want to stick around much longer. And so he took off running, and I jumped up and shot at him while he was running away and missed. So that was great. And that was uh, that was about it. I hunted a couple more days on public land, got on different birds. Overall, I hunted basically every day of the Alabama season other than the weekends when I would go home to Tennessee, and I found eight different turkeys on all of those days hunting. Eight different goblin turkeys. turkeys. Eight goblin turkeys on Alabama public land. Yep. And I'm not going to say one shot fired because you actually shot at that turkey more than one time. And I'm not saying that oh, to rub I, it in. I unloaded my gun on that turkey. Yeah. And, and that's not to <laughs> rub it in. I mean, why wouldn't you? 
you know, if you if you still <laughs> have a shot, fall unless you keep shooting. <laughs> yeah, if you still have a shot on the turkey and you still have shotgun shells, why are you not shooting? So yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm, he was running directly, kind of at an angle from right to left when I jumped up, running away from me, and so. First shot was probably at 35, and you know, then probably 40, 45. Well, actually, the last shot he was flying, so that one would have really been the Annie Oakley shot if I had shot him in the woods while flying. That would have been great. Yeah. So you have limited experience on public land hunting, is that correct? Uh, this was my first year ever hunting public land. Okay. My, this is my first ever experience on public land. It was the first day I went out there this year. All right. And... For those of you who who are listening to the show, if you've never hunted public land in Alabama, and I'm going to throw Mississippi in there, and probably going to throw Georgia in there as well, yeah, it's it's just different. I can't real. I mean, I can tell you what it's like, and I can tell you why I think it that it's different, and I think that it's different because of pressure. But it's unlike anything you've ever experienced before in your life. It is very frustrating and yes it's very there, frustrating yeah and and there there are some great turkey hunters in this country i'm there's no denying that and i'm not going to claim to ever be the best turkey hunter that there is i've got quite a few turkeys underneath my belt and there are some turkey hunters out there in alabama and in mississippi and in georgia who can go and limit out on public land every season but Hunting a turkey on public land in Alabama, because I have done it myself, is tough. Yeah, and it's just, it's I think there's turkeys on public land here that, that are, you hear about unkillable turkeys, and I think that there are some here that are literally unkillable. Yeah. Unless he just acts, unless you didn't make a sound and you sat down and he accidentally walked by you one day. You know, I have called in more turkeys on public land by walking in the leaves. I don't, yeah, I don't doubt it. They they were not responsive. To, that was the only turkey, the one I missed, was the, that was the only one that ever responded to a hen sound that I made. And I mean, I was calling soft to all these turkeys. I wasn't blasting them or anything. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty tough. Now, you have in your relatively short turkey hunting career, because you're still a young man, you haven't hunted very many states. You've hunted mm-hmm. now how many states after this season? Three, Tennessee, Alabama, and our trip to North Carolina, May 3. Okay. All right. And we hunted public land in North Carolina. What would you say as far as a comparison between hunting public land in North Carolina and hunting public land in Alabama? I will be back hunting in North Carolina next year. I hope to never hunt public land in Alabama ever again. (laughs) If that tells you a comparison. (laughs) There were turkeys everywhere in North Carolina, and they actually gobbled, gobbled good up into the morning. Now, me and you didn't have a single turkey ever respond to hen calling with a gobble, but, I mean, it was definitely, there was a lot more opportunity there than I had over as many days as I hunted in Alabama. I heard more turkeys there in three days than I heard over the entire season in Alabama. So, yeah, it's there were a lot more turkeys out there, but there also were a ton of turkey hunters, which me and you did not expect. Yeah, I was very surprised about that. There were a lot of turkey hunters. I mean, every and none of them wear camo apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the very first hunter that we bumped into out there was an older gentleman who was dressed in jeans and a blue and white plaid flannel <laughs> shirt. 
And he's turkey hunting. So maybe you and I were doing it wrong in North Carolina and we should have been wearing our street clothes. Yeah, maybe if you just dress like you're, you know, going about your normal day, the turkeys just come up near you or something and you can shoot them then. You just hide your gun for a little while. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, they probably thought we were weird because we were ducked out in camouflage. They probably thought we were hardcore or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going back to North Carolina and we've got our trip planned already for North Carolina. We don't have like the fine details planned as far as where we're staying and that kind of thing. But we kind of know we have an idea of where we're going to be staying. We know where we're going to be hunting. Oh, yeah. Definitely know where we're going hunting. And we know when we're going back. Yep, we got time period down for sure, and I'm feeling pretty good about that hunt too. North Carolina, North Carolina was a lot of fun. It was a good state to go to for public land. I know that. There's a lot of it there where we went. There's no no question. So, mm-hmm. you've got some private land access in Alabama. You've got a cousin who owns some property in Alabama, which is where you killed your turkey, and you've got access or had access to hunt about a thousand acres in West Alabama. You've been with me a couple of times. How would you compare private land hunting in Alabama to public land hunting in North Carolina? I I mean, I killed one on private land here, but I mean, I, I, I would probably rather still hunt the public in North Carolina, to be honest. I mean, okay. it's just, there were more gobblers in like an area that like within listening distance of where you would go than anywhere I've been in Alabama. Yeah. And I mean, my, my cousin's place here, he's definitely got turkeys on it and they're, you know, you can, obviously I killed one, thank the Lord. So this state is crossed off forever. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like our odds were, I mean, I missed one in North Carolina, so the listeners know. Andy Andy called up a great gobbler for me that came in silent. He stood there and raised his head up at 40 yards and presented himself perfectly to be killed. And I pulled the trigger and he flew off. So that was great. But, I mean, we did work one into gun range in a three-day hunt that we went on. Late season, too. So, I mean, these were pressured birds. And I would, I would still pick. I, I do not plan on ever coming back to Alabama to hunt again. And for nothing else, the license. The license is extremely expensive, too, for out-of-state. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I, I think I think the license issue was $250 for me. I mean, that's that's expensive. I would, I'm not going to buy that license to come hunt for three or four days, you know. So I guess really the reason I'm asking these questions and I'm asking you about Alabama and comparing it to these other states and and I'm I already know and I'm sh- pretty sure everyone who's listening to this can probably pick up the fact that you think that turkey hunting in Tennessee is much better than it is in Alabama so we're I'm not even going to bring that up well it is <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm I guess dwelling on this a little bit more because Right before season started, you and I stumbled across an article that we both thought was pretty interesting online. And the article had a list of the top, was it the top five? It was a top five turkey states five or in the ten, US. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And what was the number one state on the list? Alabama. Alabama, the number one turkey hunting state on the list. Yeah, with generous amounts of public land and a, and a five turkey limit. Can't beat that, right? Yeah, yep. Hard to beat that for sure. So you've hunted three states. Where would you rank Alabama in the three? Number three. I've hunted states, just the states that I've hunted, not the states that I've killed in. 
probably 23, 22, 21 states, something like that. Um, I would probably rank Alabama just overall. I'm talking about the complete experience in the Turkey Woods. I would put Alabama at the top of the bottom half. So about 13 or, or 14th. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I mean, that's just what we're talking about now is the current state of Alabama. You know, no, that's you, exactly you right. Said, yes. You know, year, a couple of years ago, it, it really could have been number one. You know, yeah. you said there were turkeys everywhere. And, and next year, they might be an unbelievable season. It might be the best state around. But for this year, I, I mean, and yeah. Until I see something otherwise or get a text from you saying that there's birds everywhere here, I'm not planning on coming back. Well, and it definitely has cycled. I can tell you not even 10 years ago, probably more like six, five, six, seven years ago, it was not unusual to go out in the morning on private land and hear six or seven birds gobble. But that has definitely changed. And, you know, there's still some parts of the state where you can go some pockets out there where you can go and you can hear six or seven birds gobble in the morning. But I'm going to tell you, I went to North Carolina three years ago, two years ago. I can't, I'd have to look at my license to see. I hunted private land and heard, we had one morning, it was just awful, awful weather, terrible turkey hunting weather. I thought I was going to freeze into a solid block of ice and somebody was going to have to come in there with a hand truck to get me out. The second morning, I think we heard four birds gobble. The third morning, we hunted the same area we hunted the second morning and heard at least 20 different turkeys gobble. So I'm just saying all this because obviously you can't believe everything that you read on the internet. And for you guys who are trying to kill a turkey in every state, or if you're just going to neighboring states to hunt turkeys, the internet is a great place to start your research, but you need to remain flexible and you need to talk to people who really and truly hunt those states. Whether that's yep. finding people on forums or calling people from looking up the names in the back of the NWTF magazine, because there's a list of every state director in the back of the NWTF magazine. That's a great place to start. Ask for some of the chapter presidents' names and telephone numbers or email addresses. Talk to people who are actually in the woods hunting instead of sitting at a computer writing an article. And I'm going to tell you, there are very few people out there who have been to 10 different states hunting turkeys in one season that can tell you, okay, I've hunted 10 different states and here are the top 10. They haven't hunted all 50 in a season, or 49, excuse me, because Alaska doesn't have wild turkeys. So they haven't hunted all 49, so they can't give you an honest ranking of the top turkey hunting states out there when they haven't been to every single turkey hunting state and ranked them all. So yeah, if they're basing their rankings off of bag limit and supposed population that they project, Big I mean that's, that's yeah. It, I don't I don't think their population projection is very accurate either. Well, it, it might be, but they're not easy to kill anyway. <laughs> Big mistake. Yeah, and you know part of that, part of the key to being successful when you're when you're traveling to these other states is that flexibility. And if you're hearing reports of bad hunting in Alabama. 
find out why. Why was the hunting bad in Alabama this year? And then make a decision about next year. You, you may put it off next year, but you may hear somebody or several people, because I hope that you're talking to several people who hunt in that state. You may hear several people say, well, we had a bad season because the turkeys were hinned up from day one to day 46. Well, that tells me if they're hinned up from day one to day 46, there probably was a fantastic hatch somewhere along the line, like last year. And so Alabama might be a good spot two years from now. Or maybe there was some bad weather at the end of season that destroyed quite a few nests and the hens that were sitting on those nests are now back out looking for love. And so, you know, there's factors out there that we need to take into account. So, all right, we've been going at this for a while and I've still got a lot on my agenda here. So we're moving on. What are two I think we got our point across. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. There, there's just so much more to doing research about where you're going to go hunt than yeah. the internet. And it really, you've got to pick up the phone and call people and talk to them. And turkey hunters love to talk about turkey hunting. Yeah. I mean, I get guests on this show who, when I tell them I want to interview them for 30 or 45 minutes, two hours later, we're still on the phone talking turkey hunting. Yeah. People love to talk turkey hunting. They will talk to you about hunting turkeys. They're not going to give you their spot. And I will promise you, if you call somebody in Alabama and you say, where do I need to start? They're going to point you in the complete 180 degree opposite direction. Yeah. So, all right, we are moving on. Tell me two or three things that you learned or even relearned that were kind of driven home to you during this season. Okay, so that's all that I've got for you guys today. If you want to listen to the full episode, then you'll need to subscribe. And to become a subscriber, the easiest way to do that is to text the word turkey hunter, one word, turkey hunter, to the number 44222. What will happen from there is I will send you a text back and ask you to reply with only your email address. And once you reply with only your email address, then I will email you a link where you can subscribe to the show, where you will create a username and a password, and you can pay the $12 fee to subscribe to the show where you can receive all of the premium content from previous episodes, as well as all the premium content for the next 52 weeks. So, if you want to listen to the rest of the show, that's how you do it. All right, so that's all that I've got for you guys this week. But, you know, I'm going to ask you for a favor. So if you don't mind, if you would please forward this week's episode to a hunting buddy via the share feature of your podcast player, that would be a huge help. I would much appreciate that. So I'm going to cut you loose and get back out into the woods. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, 
how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.